Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. He does know quite a bit about the structure of Al-Qaeda. We've got that story plus big pharma patents. But first, a chunk of stories I think that shows we are in the, the space war fully, James. Plans already implemented. Russia warns U.S. will unleash space arms race. We begin from the TASS news agency because we're all Russian bots, right? Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said that Moscow is concerned over U.S. plans to deploy weapons in space that are already being implemented. So that is the big Russian bear. But meanwhile, what's going on with the cheese-eating surrender monkeys? They ain't surrendering. France to develop anti-satellite laser weapons for space warfare. French Defense Minister announced that nation's plans to develop anti-satellite laser weapons, though she says country will only use them in retaliation. Quote, if our satellites are threatened, we intend to blind those of our adversary. We reserve the right and the means to be able to respond. That could imply the use of powerful lasers deployed from our satellites or from patrolling nanosatellites because it's 2019. So France, of course, has the right to defend itself, but it's the return of the X-37B. James, I hadn't heard anything about the little secretive space plane in a little while. I'm glad you served up this one from nationalinterest.org. And, of course, everything we say will always be included in your show notes. The U.S. Air Force's secret X-37B space plane, a war machine? Boeing's billion-dollar surveillance space plane, basically like a little miniature NASA space shuttle. But its fifth and latest mission could send the mini-shuttle over large portions of... Russian territory, at least they're admitting that for the first time. Then, to bring it all home, James, via activist post, there are real-time spies in the skies. Satellites have already begun watching your every move as mass surveillance becomes a horror story reality, especially for liberty-loving humans. While commercial satellite imagery they claim is powerful enough, to, for instance, to see a car, it's certainly not detailed enough to identify the make and model. They'll only announce that to us a decade later. This according to a report from the MIT Technology Review. Fra freedom and privacy advocates say that don't matter in the least. The problem is we're already being watched by them. According to CNET, the dramatic advances in sat image technology in the last decade have privacy advocates worried about 24-hour surveillance, and the problem is the sheer volume of satellites overhead. One imaging company, Planet Labs, confirmed they have 140 imaging satellites currently at orbit. That report says that's enough from that one company's 140 satellites to pass over every place on Earth once a day. But those who own the satellites say not to worry. James, we will, of course, include links to that MIT tech review. Privacy laws aren't ready for high-res sat imagery. James? Well, I think that last story does a good job of bringing this home, literally, um, because uh, it's one thing to think about the sort of the gang colors wars of Team Putin versus Team Trump versus Team Macron and the different nation-state uh, gangs, essentially, that are warring for Geo geopolitical space, but also space space at this point. Um, but I think that last story puts the point home that, yes, the weaponization of space is ultimately a bad thing because ultimately it's weaponized against us. It always is against us. And that's everyone, whether you happen to have been born in the geographical location known as Russia or China or Japan or Canada or the United States or anywhere else. Ultimately, this is coming home against you. And that's the point that I think we have to keep in mind here. And that ultimately, yes, this is another link in that dream surveillance technology where everything will be constantly surveilled and under control. And don't you ever dream of ever attempting to achieve any sort of freedom 
up in the skies in any way because that will be limited. And I think that's that's really the point of this. Um, the sort of gang warfare of team red, white, and blue versus team red and white or whatever it is, you know, whatever f- gang flags they're flying is perhaps less less part of the point. I mean, that's the, the justification, and that's why Putin will come out and say, look, the U.S. is weaponizing space, so we have to weaponize space and let's send up more satellites. It's just the justification for them to use to rule over more of humanity. Man, the, the panopticon is here. And again, the idea of that panopticon is so successful because it has the always threat of, I might probably be being watched. I don't know for sure 100%, but I better comport myself in a way that I know I'm being watched. Or like Perry Farrell says, the gang and the government are no different. James, the second set of stories here for New World Next Week, episode 381, of course, takes us to ground zero again, as it were. Good grief. What I mean... James, the 18th anniversary coming up here now just barely two months away. New York area fire commissioners make history. Call for new 9-11 investigation, and it was nice to land on 9-11blogger.com. I guess I admit I hadn't been there in a little while. They started off by saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Ten minutes later, they were reading the text of a resolution claiming the existence of overwhelming evidence that pre-planted explosives caused the destruction of three World Trade Center buildings. And so it was. On July 24th, 2019, nearly 18 years after the horrific attacks that traumatized the nation and changed the world forever, the Franklin Square and Munson Fire District, which oversees a volunteer fire department serving a hamlet of 30,000 residents just outside of Queens, New York, became the first legislative body in the country to officially support a new investigation into the events of 9-11. The resolution drafted and introduced by Commissioners Christopher Gioia, unanimously approved by the five commissioners, members of the audience, including the families of fallen firefighters Thomas J. Hetzel and Robert Evans, both Franklin Square natives, joined in solemn but celebratory applause after the fifth I was spoken. James, again, I think, you know, we've been covering 9-11 news here for, for nearly a decade, and here's a little bit of good 9-11 news. That's right. It uh, may seem like a, a small step, but it is an important one, um, especially that this is a fire uh, fire department in New York itself. I mean, that's obviously significant. Um, so I hope people will check into this story. Um, and the bigger question of the firefighters and 9-11, and for that, people might want to check out Firefighters for 9-11 Truth, which I did cite uh, in my 9-11 Suspects edition on Rudy Giuliani, who of course is has been floating around the Trump regime for the last couple of years and has been resuscitated as America's mayor and a hero in the time of 9-11. Oh wait, no, he was the heartless, uh, I, I can't think of a nice word to use, uh, or a polite word, um, who sent the firefighters into the pile to get their fellow firefighters' bodies and, oh yeah, look for the gold. And once they found the gold, kick them off the pile. Um, That's why the firefighters hate Giuliani, and uh, that's another important aspect of all of this. But anyway, the firefighting perspective of 9-11 is a great window into the 9-11 truth story, and uh, it's good to see that this is finally making some sort of actual official traction. Well, yeah, we'll we'll take any bit of good 9-11 news that we can handle. James, uh, uh, sort of uh, related to this one, as there's not just one bit of 9-11 news going on. Accused 9-11 mastermind 
open to testimony against Saudi Arabia. This is coming from Al Jazeera. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, that's right, KSM, the accused al-Qaeda mastermind of 9-11, has indicated a willingness to cooperate in a lawsuit filed by victims seeking damages from Saudi Arabia if the U.S. decides not to seek the death penalty against him. Mohammed's offer was disclosed late on Friday in a letter filed in the U.S. District Court in Manhattan by lawyers representing individuals and businesses seeking billions of dollars in damages. Saudi government, of course, has long denied involvement in the 2001 attacks. Michael Kellogg, a District of Criminals-based lawyer for the Saudi government, declined to comment. According to the letter, the plaintiff's lawyers have been in contact with lawyers for five witnesses in federal custody about their availability for depositions. The lawyer said three, including Muhammad, are housed at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. I'm, I'm pretty sure Obama closed that, where they face capital charges. While two are at, of course, the Supermax facility just up the road in Colorado, Glenn Carl, a former officer with the CIA said, quote, he does know quite a bit about the structure of al-Qaeda, the individual decisions taken, how things happen. A lot of that was his thinking. So I think he does have information, certainly. Is it usable in a court of law in the United States is one of the big questions. That is one of the big questions indeed. And James, I've got kind of a related legal note here at the end of segment two, something I mentioned just, uh, you know, this morning on my Morning Monarchy show. Upcoming Bear Santo trial to be televised. Monsanto not finding early hometown advantage as it preps for their next round of what are thousands of cases against them. After a St. Louis judge who will oversee the trial denied Monsanto's motion for summary judgment, meaning uh, can we end this thing immediately, and also denied the company's request to ban experts scheduled to testify for the plaintiff. St. Louis County Judge Brian May denied Monsanto's motion for summary judgment before trial, rejected the company's request to exclude the opinions of seven expert witnesses that the plaintiff's attorneys plan to call to testify. Judge Brian May also ordered that the trial can be recorded and televised via courtroom view network from its start on August 19th, of course, until whenever that conclusion might be. So that's a little bit of uh, must-see TV there as we wrap up segment two and fly headlong into segment three here on New World Next Week, episode 381. Another bit that I noted on the morning show this morning, James. But it was driven home a little bit later while I was playing your latest episode on intellectual property. Pfizer to spin off, merge off-patent drugs unit with Mylan. Pfizer has agreed to spin off its off-patented branded drugs business and combine it with generic drug maker Mylan, a move that leaves Pfizer with its more profitable, innovative drugs. The move, which brings blockbuster treatments Viagra and Lipitor under one umbrella with Mylan's EpiPen, you know, however many hundreds of dollars they might inflate the cost to. This all part of a years-long effort by Pfizer to split into three parts. Innovative medicines, lower-margin off-patent drugs facing generic competition, and consumer health scare. Pfizer agreed in December to combine its consumer healthcare business with GlaxoSmithKline, the combined company, which will get a new name. Uh, someone hilariously suggested in the comments, Miser should be their name, M-I-Z-E-R, expected to have 2020 revenue of 19 to 20 billion bucks with free cash flow expected to be more than $4 billion. And here, here's where I think we kind of get to the heart of it. The pharma industry has been under intensifying pressure from lawmakers, including Swamp Thing, President Donald Trump, to keep prices down for U.S. consumers, which has limited profits and led to recent deals such as Bristol-Myers Squibb's plan to buy Celgene and AbbVie's acquisition of Allergan. All of these mergers have gone over when they were essentially rolling out on the morning monarchy. 
this new company to be based in the United States and incorporated in Delaware, probably for tax purposes, will be led by Michael Gottler, president of Pfizer's Upjohn unit, which sells Pfizer's older drugs that have lost patent protection. Womp womp. Pfizer to combine all patent drug business with Mylan. The smarter folks in my media monarchy chat this morning, such as Citizens Gateway, made the notes that this is a way to write off the expired patents and migrate them into a company that makes the generics since anyone can make them. If it's off patent, they can't price gouge as much. Remember, like Rockefeller said, competition is a sin. James? Well, that's it in a nutshell. Of course, this is always the monopolist dream is to exclude people from comp competing with them. Um, that's a great thing if you can get it, and you can only get it if you happen to be a multi-billion dollar drug firm with uh, connections and lobbyists who essentially own a bunch of the Congress critters. And so that's the game as it's played. And actually, drug patents are a particularly interesting subset of the overall problem of patents in general, because there's kind of the dual-edged sort of it. People will say, well, I mean, here's a literal example of how patents literally kill people, because people are excluded from buying drugs because they literally can't afford them because of the patent monopoly that's granted and the jacked-up prices. But at the same time, how could drug companies possibly ever do research if they weren't given this you know, limited monopoly for just a couple of decades, just the right amount of time to give them that head start in the market? Uh, there's a lot to be said about that, so I will explore that issue specifically more in more depth in the future. But uh, here's where the rubber meets the road. And yes, of course, this is exactly what Pfizer is doing. It's like, this is the not-so-profitable side of the business. We'll make sure we get that off in, in its own set of books and so we can concentrate on our profit-generating drugs, our patent drugs. And this is essentially the same thing I, I followed during the previous puppet administration. I distinctly recall going over stories of Obama going to the big pharma industry and being like, you guys, new drugs, we need all kinds of new drugs, so let's think of new illnesses that we can make these new drugs and force them on people. James, that's not a very sunny way to wrap up this episode 381 of New World Next Week, but as we always wrap up these episodes, I like to remind folks that I do stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. I like to call it the best damn radio station you never heard. James. Excellent. Well, we're plowing through the summer break and we'll be back again next week uh, plowing through again. So I hope people will be there to join us, James. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care.